Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bold Platform Podcast. My name is Adrian, and I created this podcast in early 2019 and now have the absolute privilege of interviewing women from all around Australia each week uh, as an opportunity for them to share on this platform a little bit about a project or a business that they are running that's somehow leaving members of the community a little bit better than how they found it. Each of the guests have a totally different story, a totally different project or initiative that they're working on and they're all from really different um, times within their business. So we've interviewed people that are preparing for a launch, we've interviewed people that are celebrating their 10th year in business or real variety. The aim of the podcast is to provide listeners um, a bit of an inspirational or a, uh, encouragement for them if they're looking to maybe start their own business or they've got an idea that they'd, they'd like to work on and to hear about how other women and girls started, but also just to provide you with some uplifting news that um, we don't always get through to traditional uh, media forms. There's um, unfortunately a lot of awful things that happen around the world and, and hopefully this podcast gives you a little bit of good news to, to start your Fridays or whenever you might listen to them. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If this is your first one, it's really great to have you here. And there's about 24 other episodes in the feed if there's some other stories that might be of interest. As I mentioned, um, each episode is different and we talk about different topics. Today, we are going to be covering topics around miscarriage and early pregnancy loss. So if that's not um, the type of thing that you're in a position to listen to today or to listen to ever, that's totally fine. There's lots of other episodes you're welcome to listen to. And we understand that this topic is a sensitive topic and, and depending on where you're at in your life, it might not be the best type of episode for you to listen to. So I just wanted to give you that, um, that heads up just uh, at the top of the episode. I would like to welcome uh, Sam Payne from Pink Elephant Support to the Bold platform. I've been following uh, the Pink Elephant Support uh, platform for quite some time now and um, Sam and I connected on Facebook and I asked her if she would be on the podcast and she very generously said yes. So welcome to the Bold platform, Sam. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Let's um, let's get straight into us and tell us what exactly Pink Elephant Support is all about. Sure. So the Pink Elephant Support Network was born three and a half years ago. I had just experienced my second pregnancy loss um, in six months and I was really struggling in terms of there was just no support out there for myself. So I reached out via Facebook and connected with Gabby, who's the co-founder. And together we decided that something needed to be done, that women deserved more support, more empathy, more understanding, and that awareness needed to be raised about the impact of early pregnancy loss and fertility challenges. So together we started the network then. Um, So we found the name because when an elephant loses her baby, the other elephants form a circle of support around her. Oh, wow. Yeah, we just found that fable on the internet and we just that's absolutely beautiful and it's amazing and it gave us goosebumps and it still does when we share that now because it really does depict quite well what we are and what we're all around because we believe that a woman needs a circle of support around her when she's going through any type of life life challenge and miscarriage is the challenge that we support women through. Um, So I mean in Australia today 283 women will have heard the words I'm sorry there is no heartbeat and 
It's incredible to think that we're the first and only charity specific to early pregnancy loss in Australia when there's that many women going through this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. Those statistics are really sad. For, yeah. but there's really no other way to say it. There isn't. Most people don't realise. I think we have this kind of top level understanding that miscarriage is common but that's about as deep as it goes but it's actually one in three women in Australia will experience a miscarriage in their lifetime so the chances are your friend Mm -hmm. your auntie your mother someone within your circle has experienced this heartbreak and unfortunately up until just a few years ago it really wasn't talked about which then just means that women go through this alone and unsupported and feeling really isolated Why do you think that is? Why do you think that people weren't talking about it and therefore there weren't any uh, formal support networks around it, Sam? There's been a huge taboo around miscarriage in general. I think it's kind of one of the last bastions that we need to overcome, for want of a better phrase, in that it's a woman's gynecological issue. So men haven't wanted to talk about it. We've lived in a patriarchal society. We haven't had things like the internet to be able to connect with other women 10 years ago, Facebook was very different to what it is now. And part of our huge growth has been because we can make meaningful connections online with other women and we that's how we support people. So we're providing, if you like, a way to find that connection and awareness that your miscarriage matters and that you deserve empathy, understanding and support and that you are grieving and it's okay to grieve and it's okay to feel the way that you do through loss because it is genuinely a loss of your baby, a future that you'd imagined. And I think it's just a really difficult topic to talk about. We have this whole thing in society that we're really bad at dealing with grief in general. It's Mm -hmm. something we can offer a platitude of, oh, that's awful. I'm sorry you've gone through that. But that's that's as deep as we go. And often what we actually need when we're going through a, a difficult time, whether that is pregnancy loss or something else, is for people to sit with us and not to try and make us feel better or to try and drag us out of the darkness. There's a really beautiful quote about a great friendship being someone who can sit with you in the darkness. And that's kind of another thing that we offer as well, that when you're going through this, it's not all about that it will be okay. It's all about this is really awful and we acknowledge that and it's okay to feel really shitty right now. Don't apologize for that. Don't expect yourself to feel better tomorrow or even next week. Grief isn't linear. It isn't something that just goes away magically. I mean, my last loss was three and a half years ago but I still have trigger days now. I still have days where I think, oh, I'd have like a three and a half year old child now. What would that look like? How different would my life be? Um, And things, when you're still trying to conceive, there's all the other triggers of constantly seeing women who are pregnant or people pushing babies around in prams. And it's incredibly difficult to see everything that you want and that everyone else seems to be able to have so easily when you're really struggling and working so hard to have that and you just and you keep losing these babies it's awful it's heartbreaking absolutely so when you and Gabby first connected over the coffee and decided that there was something that you wanted to do what did that something look like in terms of what your offering was going to be so different to where we've ended up really yes and we I think I always knew the scope and the size of the problem. I very much was, there is no one doing this. This is ridiculous. If it's affecting this many people, this is a global issue. Gabby is the yin to my yang, if you like. She's um, a lot more down to earth and very empathetic and very rational in a way. And 
I'm the crazy lady that's going, right, we're doing this, that, that and that. <laughs> I think we were always different in that perspective, but we both honestly believed that potentially we were creating a Sydney support network because that's where we both lived and that we would support women within the local community who were going through early pregnancy loss. And we quite quickly realized after the launch of our website that we were receiving huge amounts of traffic from the US, from South Africa, from UK, from New Zealand, and that we'd opened up this discussion on way more on a much broader level than just Australia, which was exciting, but also daunting to us. Mm. Two women who'd decided to do something about something and then all of a sudden faced with how big a problem this is. And I think we're only now coming to a realization that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. We can't solve this overnight, um, but we're doing our pace. And we keep doing our bit and that's making a difference. I mean, in three and a half years, we've supported 15,000 couples. Wow. So that we've had over seven and a half thousand downloads of our resources online. We've supplied over 90% of New South Wales hospitals with our resources. We're expanding into Queensland and Victoria. We've supported over 100 women in our peer support program, whereby we connect them to a mentor. So another woman who's gone through loss will offer you phone calls. Um, and that, if you like that mentorship, someone else who's just been where you've been and who can offer you that empathy and understanding from a lived experience um, over a period of six sessions over the phone. Um, like I said, we ran that pilot last year. We supported 100 women that way, which is it's incredible because it is. three and a half years ago, this, this didn't exist at all. Wow. Yeah. So when you first started, you mentioned there you've got the the peer support network and also the downloadable resources. That is um that's where the business or the network has evolved to now. It, what was it at the at the start? So at the start, we very much did start with the content. We thought we've both really identified with the part that one of the most awful parts of miscarriage is that you walk away feeling like nobody has your back and that nobody cares about you because you walk away with nothing. I mean, whilst the nurses may offer you, I'm really sorry you're going through this and that's if you get a good nurse, sometimes you don't. Um, And your GP may be empathetic as well. You still leave and there is no follow-up. There is no, um, no referral to any emotional support network at all. Um, I did receive a referral after my second loss to an organization that supports later term loss. And look, that was great in what they do, but I didn't feel that my grief of losing my babies at 10 weeks um, was enough for me to go and sit with women who'd had stillbirths. I think they're very, very different things. Right. Both pregnancy losses and they both result in grief. However, I did not associate my miscarriage with someone who'd gone through a stillbirth. I I do believe they're different. Mm. Um, So yeah, we were very intent on having resources built because we believe that if we can supply a woman with a sorry for your loss resource, once she's had that really shitty, horrible diagnosis that she's lost a baby, even if she doesn't read that resource there and then because you're in complete and utter shock and awful situation you take that home with you and you will pop it on your coffee table or on your kitchen bench and it'll be something you come back to later and then you will learn about the pink elephants and then you would refer to our website and then on our website we've really focused on being one central reliable point of information because another thing with this is people often google miscarriage because again if we haven't talked about it in society we don't know a lot about miscarriage Mm. when it happens to you for the first time it's like 
well, I saw my GP. My GP told me I've had a miscarriage. Now I need to go to a clinic and potentially have a procedure, but I, I don't go to that clinic until tomorrow or potentially the day after, which leaves me at home for a day on Google. And then what happens when you go into Google is you find out all of these other stories, which might not necessarily be the best things for you to read at that point. Yes. So we've created a website that is all around emotional support. So we don't offer healthcare advice as per se, but what Mm -hmm. we do is we validate again that it's normal to feel the way that you feel. We have resources on there that we also, like I said, the ones that we print and distribute, but we also have partner resource on there, which is really important as well. So that often the partner automatically fills this role of protective supporter, but they don't really understand what's happening to their partner who's going through the loss. So we try and break that down a little bit more and explain what might happen in the coming weeks, how their partner, wife, girlfriend may feel, what kind of support that they might need and some really just practical tips. Is that information that came from into those documents, is that both a combination of Um, research, your own experience, consultation with other couples that have been through this? How did all those those resources and the content come together? Yeah, great question. So we we write from lived experience. So both Gabby and I have been through, so Gabby's been through six miscarriages. I went through two miscarriages and we have different experiences because Gabby's journey was um, fertility struggles into miscarriages, whereas mine wasn't fertility. So we both had different lens. So we both started with, if you like, um, we had kind of not storyboards, but what do you call when you throw things down on a page and ideas on different types like of brainstorm. Like a brainstorm. Different types of content that we might need to include. Then we went away and we did some research. And it was really difficult to research because there was nothing out there like this. There was very, other organizations offer very clinical, dry advice, which quite frankly, I didn't want to read when I was going through my miscarriages because it didn't didn't appeal to me in any way and then what we did is we held focus groups and we ran online surveys just to ensure that the content we wanted to provide was relevant and what women wanted and the overwhelming response in all of that was that yes like this is so needed and that I left with nothing and I felt like nobody gave a damn about the fact that I just lost my baby and that I was just expected to turn up back to the GP pregnant again a month later um so it was great it again validated the need for what we did we also used some of those online um communities to review some of the content before we went ahead and published it we worked with the royal women's hospital in randwick in sydney um and we worked really closely with professor bill ledger who peer-reviewed the content for us from a medical perspective just to ensure that uh, whilst we're not offering medical advice that it was consistent and that there would be no issue with a hospital providing this type of resources and he was amazing really supportive and from day one has backed us and still works with us very closely now he's part of our medical advisory board and yet just to in he could see the potential and the need for this and how did you uh convince him or or approach him to come on board was it just a matter of reaching out or was there an introduction yeah, it was a matter. I'm good at that's my side of things. I really like people. I genuinely love a conversation, and I think that's been a great strength for the growth of Pink Elephants. Mm. In, I have some key relationships that, yeah, I enjoy working with people. And part of this was we have to reach out, we have to expand our networks, we have to ask other people how we think we can support the communities that they work with because we don't want to criticize healthcare professionals we want to be a clear 
referral pathway, we understand that GPs, OBS and Gynes are all extremely busy and that they potentially want to offer support to women, but there is nowhere for them to refer these women to. So if we work with them when you're creating a network such as this, then hopefully the result from that would be that they would want to refer to us in the future. And that's what's happened. So, yeah, with with Bill, he's also a fellow English person. So I guess we had a great relationship today <laughs> that we kind of understood each other. And I, the first meeting, I think, came from an introduction from the nurse unit manager at the Royal Women's Hospital, but a case of just really asking. So if we're going to provide the resources to this hospital, who would be the person that we would need to have them read? And it was Bill and we had an introduction and we had a meeting and yeah, I'd actually call him a friend now. That's great. It's a great point that you make in terms of there being space for both the resources from an emotional support and a medical support, because I can only imagine through what I know through family and friends and their experience in this space is, yes, there is a time for it to be around quite um, heavily weighted medical conversations, but there's also a time for to park all of that and just to focus on, yeah, let's deal with the medical side of things another day, but for now, let's just deal with the emotional side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of a journey. And we identified, we, we clearly mapped out a journey that most women take and we came up with three key pillars, and this was very on, early on in the day when we first started, and they were feel, heal, and beyond. And feel is those initial stages of shock, disbelief, grief. I've just lost my baby. My whole world is falling apart. It feels like a trap door's opened up beneath me, and I'm just falling. And that's where you need the emotional support to sweep in and to refer you to the right place for support. Make sure that you're connecting with other women who can validate that it's okay to feel that way. You're not going crazy. Take a big, deep breath. Sit with where you are. Yes, it's painful, but we're here with you and we'll sit with you. And then the heal part is really all about the preconception. So when a woman's had a miscarriage, when you move, start to move out of the grief space, you're potentially looking forward to trying to conceive again because ultimately you, you had a pregnancy to have a baby. And so you still have that desire for a child, but yeah. then there's an added layer of fear because if you fall pregnant, what if this happens again? How do I manage that? Or what if I can't fall pregnant and I've had years of fertility already and now I have to face that all again? So there's and then that's a different group and that would be so we have a preconception group online to support those women and that would be where there potentially be more medical advice because that would be where women really want to know why so why did this happen they will question it then what tests are available for me and unfortunately in Australia most women won't be offered any test until they've had three miscarriages which is classed as recurrent pregnancy loss and we wow absolutely disagree with that fundamentally I fought for testing after two of my miscarriages because again I wasn't willing to roll the dice and potentially have a third miscarriage if there was something wrong with me that could potentially be fixed before I tried to conceive again um, so we also advocate that we genuinely believe that if it's a woman's right to request testing when she wants the testing absolutely um, absolutely Unfortunately, there's still a lot of practitioners that won't offer any further investigation until you've had three because miscarriage is common. And I do understand that. But to the woman who's going through it, I've just lost my baby. I don't care how common miscarriage is. And I'm potentially going to try and conceive again, which is extremely scary. Please offer me some support and some reassurance that this might not happen again. 
And look, the statistics are on your side is really good to know that 80% of women who have a miscarriage will go on and have a healthy full-term pregnancy subsequently after a miscarriage. Right. It is on your side. You are very likely. But for those, I think it's like 2% of the population um, that do have recurrent pregnancy loss, that's different because it's happened once and it's happened again. And then that whole doubt really starts to creep in them. And that's when that medical component obviously needs to become more prevalent because there's starting to be some potential patterns or some other things that need to be looked at. Yeah. And then that's also then about clear referral pathways to ensure that women are being looked after by the right healthcare professional networks. And then after that, we have a pregnancy after loss support group. So the third pillar that we identified was feel, heal, and then beyond. And beyond could be pregnancy after loss. Most women, like I said, with that key statistic earlier, most women will have a healthy full-term pregnancy. It will potentially be a heightened time of anxiety for those women because they're nervous that they're going to lose this baby as well particularly mm. I had a really long hard road to get there that group we really try and work on mental health support to try and reduce those symptoms of anxiety and depression which are really common and normal to experience yes been through this type of trauma um but the beyond may also look like involuntary childlessness not everybody does go on and have a rainbow baby so what kind of support is out there so we at this stage don't have very much in that way of support um because we're still very small and we're trying to achieve what we achieve like I said with a really small team and trying to do much value as we can so for now we refer on to an organization in the UK called the Dovecote Foundation and they support women who don't go on and have children and have a very different outcome because what does their life look like now and it's just as relevant that they receive the emotional support that they deserve at that point in their journey as well yes you mentioned there um about the the team and and you mentioned you know that we offer support in here and support in this area in this area what does that team look like who is behind the scenes of these online groups delivering that support and and secondary to that do you find that the the group uh, also supports each other as a, a unit as well yeah absolutely so our online communities are literally we have I don't know what the number of ambassadors are now but it's around 10 or 12 um women who are our peer support ambassadors they are women who've been through loss who offer that phone connection with other women they are also present in those online communities and they offer that additional support within there um, we've had a social worker and a bereavement counsellor from the start help us set up these groups and set up our peer support program from a clinical governance perspective. She also pops in and obviously manages those groups and is there for us if we have an urgent case where somebody needs referring on for additional support from a mental health perspective. Mm. And then in addition to that, it would be myself and Gabby, who are the founders who are in those groups as well. And that's, yeah, it's a... We're very small still, and it's difficult because these groups, they're a very hard place to be in a lot of the time because yes. women are at one of the lowest points, like things, what's happening to them. And it's heartbreaking to consistently put yourself back there. But at the same time, what it also does is it drives us to continue to do what we do mm. and make sure that at least this support is available and that in the future there will be so much more support and validation around pregnancy loss. What do you and Gabby do then to um, 
protect yourselves and make sure that you're both, um, you know, in the best possible mental space that you can be so that you can support all these other women and also your ambassadors who have been through their own loss as well. Yeah. Um, We're not very good at that. We haven't been very good at that. I can't sit here and lie to you. This has been one of the most not most, this has been probably one of the hardest things I have done in my life. Um, as much as it's incredibly rewarding, it is also a lot of hard work and sacrifice to be able to deliver this. And like I said, to put your headspace there all the time. Where we haven't been great at it is we've both had probably symptoms of burnout and other issues as well. Over the last couple of years where we've realized it becomes too much, we genuinely have a great relationship and we have each other's back so when one's low the other one can pick the other one up and we try and catch each other that way which does help we are now growing as an organization in quite probably not a different direction but we're scaling into something that's a lot more structured and probably a lot more corporate as opposed to just the two of us working over a kitchen bench together because of the size of the problem and because of the support and the impact that we're having so that's changed as well in terms of so now I have a role that I work full-time on this whereas Gabby's on the board and supports from almost like a strategic overview and as to where we're going in the future with pink elephants right Uh, so we try I can't sit here and say yeah we've been amazing at that because we (laughs) (laughs) I can't lie you've got that in common with all the other guests (laughs) (laughs) I love it it's like they hear other people think well you must meditate every day and then why do yoga and I'm like I have two no. children. I run a national charity. No. <laughs> no. And I go to sleep. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, if I have five minutes, I make a cup of tea and just like take some deep breaths. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I think it's learning and we've grown immensely with Pink Elephants and yeah, we're learning along the way as well. Mm. What is your, um, your background, if you don't mind me asking, given this, you've started this from the ground up, where did you and Gabby both come from in terms of your backgrounds and experience and expertise? Yeah, no. Um, so I have a background in business development and sales, which obviously leans me strongly towards the networking and Absolutely. The building side of things. And I'm not afraid to engage different stakeholders at different stages and to ask when we need things. Uh, we've got an incredible team of skilled volunteers as well. So this hasn't been all down to us, um, which has been part of, again, having that network. So we have amazing women who've got HR experience. We've got a phenomenal PR volunteer. We've got events managers that help us to run our fundraiser that's coming up in October. So when I'm, again, making this clear that whilst I might work in this business full time, we do have other people who are experts who really do offer their support. And they come on board because... They also can't believe this is an issue that's not been supported previously. So that's amazing. Gabby's background is that she's a copywriter. So that really helped with that initial setup and the build of our content because her attention to detail, her beautiful, amazing way with words to craft, I would kind of just blurt out a whole sentence and then she would... (laughs) And I was like, wow, I didn't that say what that. I said. <laughs> like, no, I know you never, but um, that's what you meant, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, actually it was. Um, so we work really well together that way. Um, that was, that was, yeah, they were the fun times, the initial setup times. And that is, it's a really ex- exciting part of any startup. Oh, absolutely. And when you look back over the past three and a half years, have there been, um, moments you know as a team or for you individually where you thought I'm actually not sure I can keep keep doing this and 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 how did you 
get through those moments or periods? There's been so many of those moments, (laughs) so much um, imposter syndrome, self-doubt. I can't, no, I can't do this. No, I'm not the right person to do this. How am I having a meeting with this person? Oh, no, no. Yeah, lots of that internal dialogue. Um, I've had a great year this year where I've had a lot of growth and I've had a lot of support. I've taken part in different projects which have enabled that. Um, And I think that's helped me mentally to grow stronger and to feel like, do you know what? Yes, I am the right person to deliver on this. I was the person to believe that it needed to be done and to have the gumption to get up and to do it. I have a hell of a lot of drive and determination. And I think that's helped in a huge way. But yeah, it's really difficult. It's not, there's so many times when both Gabby and I have questioned what we're doing because we've sacrificed our own families to be able to help other people to have families. And there's a huge irony in that. There's Mm. so many weekends, we've worked so many ridiculous hours and weren't paid for the first two and a half, three years for doing any of that. We put our own money into the initial setup to get this registered as an official charity. Wow. We've worked incredibly hard. And then there are, there's a lot of resilience. There's a lot of no's. Initially, we were too small. People wouldn't partner with us. And then we won a Telstra award. And all of a sudden, I'll have a meeting with you now, which is hilarious in a way, because I was mm. doing thing two years ago. But because Telstra gave us a tick of credibility, then amazing, all these other doors open. And I'm incredibly grateful. That's been an amazing award for us. Sure. Um, but yes, it's been a long and hard journey. And whilst we look quite successful right now, it's not been easy to get where we are. And there's a hell of a long way to go. We're not even there yet. We're touching the sides. That's all. On the flip side of that, are there moments where you can reflect and think, you know what, if if this is all we ever do, this is totally enough and it's all been worth it, like those real um, high, high moments for, for you and Gabby? Yeah, and that's not been the awards or anything like that at all. Those high moments have been the moments when we have connection with other women. Um, So I spoke to a room full of 200 people last night um, as part of a graduation of the growth project. And I could see three women in that room who I know from the way that they reacted to my speech had experienced pregnancy loss, but hadn't heard of the pink elephants. Mm. I delivered that speech. And that is why you do what you do because now they've found us now they can come and join our groups now that they have the support that I didn't have three and a half years ago when I had that miscarriage alone at home in the shower at three in the morning with nowhere to turn for support that's not okay so I think the moments of absolutely we're on track we're doing a hundred percent the right thing it's incredible what we've created are those moments the moments when women send us messages of absolute gratitude of I'm so glad you exist thank you so much for being there we've got this great movement now where because we have been around for three and a half years we have women who've gone on and had their rainbow babies now and they've been supported over the phones by one of our peer support ambassadors and they're incredibly grateful and they're now choosing to run coffee for a cause fundraisers for us and they're oh, giving wow. and it's this huge pay it forward it's yeah it's, it's great because it means that they feel like they were grateful for the support that they received and now they want to raise funds for us so that then we can continue to support more women who are in the position they were a few years ago yeah it's, it's amazing are there certain women or couples that uh come through the network that really stand out 
for you that often come to mind or often um, provide you with that motivation on those days where it is a bit harder to keep going? Yeah, there are. There definitely are. And those are the women that then step up and want to be part of our peer support program and want to deliver support to other women. Um, They're the ones that do reach out and message us a thank you because that means a huge amount to us because we could be having a really bad day in the background where we're working hard and we're faced with a million no's at different things and we continue pushing on and then you receive a message like that and it makes you realize how worthwhile it all is there's an amazing um man Demir and it's very early on but I'll always remember this because it really touched us because we'd only been around for around 12 months at this time and his wife had had a loss and he reached out and said thank you for the partner resource it really helped me to support my wife in the best way I'm going to run the Melbourne Marathon for you we oh, like, wow. wow that's incredible he raised three thousand dollars for us <gasps> which was we were so tiny back then that that was a huge amount of money for us yeah Use that money then to print new resources to be able to support I think it was so many more I can't remember the exact number now but thousands more couples within the area that they lived in those hospitals. So it just, again, that full circle of support, which we keep coming back to, it's that they're grateful because we've offered them the support. So now it's, okay, what can I do to give back to more women and their partners in this situation? I'm going to fundraise for you. And it's huge. It it really does make a massive difference to our organization. Oh, absolutely. When you think about the running of the business, um, what are some things that you just couldn't live without, whether it's certain apps or certain programs or certain people or certain coffee shops, whatever that might be? What are some things that as someone who is, you know, still in the very early part of their business, what are some things that just make your life heaps easier or that you couldn't live without? Um, my amazing botany community. I live in a little suburb just outside of Sydney, right near the airport. And I have a really strong network of botany mums who will all help me pick up the slack. So they will help with my children, Mm. pick ups, drop offs. They will volunteer for our organization in different ways, um, amazing ways that, so they may work in events, they may work in HR, they may work in PR, but they all come together because they've seen the hard work and the dedication that we've put into growing this to where it is now. And they're like, okay, well, I'll help. What can I do? And they go above and beyond. And it it's incredible. And I could not do this without them. They, they, we have to stress that whilst I might lead this organization in the direction of where we're going, without them, we wouldn't be where we are now. Going forward, we've just implemented our first formal board and I'm really excited because for once it actually feels like the weight of every decision is not necessarily on my shoulders. Yes, of course. Incredibly tough. And also I don't want every decision on my shoulders because what if I'm not making the right decision? I really want like people to have a sounding board and a discussion around what we think we should do next, what our three-year strategic plan should look like, what area of focus we should be working on. Mm. And we're doing that now with a really strong board with some really amazing professionals. I'm really excited to be working with them. So I think, yeah, to get to this point, it's been our amazing volunteers and they will continue to be huge support for us. We couldn't deliver the support that we do without volunteers because we really are small in terms of um, financials Um, but going forward our board I'm excited about where they can take us in terms of technology social media we have a great story because we would not have existed in the same way 10 years ago if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn 
we wouldn't be able to connect with the thousands of people that we do. And that is a free, there are three the platforms that don't cost us anything. They're free and yeah, they're incredibly powerful. And as much as there's a lot of negatives about social media, I think it's been a huge win for us um, to provide those meaningful connections. There's no other way we would be able to facilitate it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. If there's people listening that, you know, this thing has sort of been niggling away and um, they want to do something about it, whether it's something that's happened to them personally, a family, a friend, or an issue that they're seeing in the community that they think that they could potentially have a product or a service to offer that community. But, you know, like a lot of us had no no background in business and, um, and decided to start their own business. Are there like any key pieces of advice that you could give or that someone told you that you think back and go, God, like if no one had ever told me that I would be in like a totally different space, any advice that you could pass on to people that may be looking at a similar, you know, next three and a half years of what similar to what yours have looked like? Yeah, I think um, research is really key. I think also now knowing what I know now, there are something like 55,000 registered charities in Australia. So if there is a way that you could, instead of creating a new organization, collaborate with an existing charity to Mm. fill that gap for support, can you give back to that charity? Can you volunteer in an amazing skilled volunteer role that would really drive change and really support the organization that already exists? Then do that. We did look for that opportunity, but there really wasn't anything specific to early pregnancy loss. So we did find an an unmet need and that's why we decided that it was worthwhile creating a new charity. Yes. Um, But it took a year to receive charity, charity registration. There was a constitution that needed to be built. A whole lot of legislation needed to be in place. A lot of red tape. It was an incredible year to even achieve that. A lot of hard work and people don't see that. So I think I'd be prepared for the long and the hard. Um, celebrate the wins we probably haven't been great at that either we're constantly focused on the next thing rather than stopping and saying wow that's amazing look what we've just done so we need to get better at that and I think everyone needs to do that yeah definitely but the biggest thing is that it's not going to happen overnight (laughs) I thought it would be done in a year I'm nearly four years in (laughs) And I know still here. Right. I think I'm going to be doing this in 10 years time. I'm incredibly privileged that I get to be this person that gets to be at the forefront of all of this change and to drive and to lobby and to advocate that women deserve better support, empathy and understanding from miscarriage. And I think it's amazing my job. Um, but it, as much as it's an amazing, there is a lot of sacrifice that's gone to get to this point a lot. Absolutely. What's coming up for you and Gabby and Pink Elephants that's um, that's exciting you or motivating you or really driving you more than usual? What's what's on the horizon for you girls? We got really excited today um, because we are about to launch within the next couple of weeks our Pink Bubbles fundraiser in October, which is our annual fundraiser. And we've got some amazing speakers and um, some really well-known names, and I can't say them just yet. <laughs> really sorry. Um, Stay tuned. If you're listening to this, it may well have been published that week, so you may be able just to go onto our social media and find out straight away. Um, but really excited about that because it's going to be a huge fundraiser for us. It's all around strong women, women empowering women, how we support each other through tough times. And it'll be a really fun event as well. As much as we work in a really hard space, 
we do also still manage to run events that are not all around the grief and the loss um, as well. So we acknowledge that. We really want to celebrate this community of women that manage to support each other through this. So that's a huge thing. So Pink Bubbles is on Sunday, the 13th of October in Double Bay in Sydney. So that's extremely exciting and I can't wait for that. Um, and then other than that, we are in this really exciting phase of growth that mm. we're if you like about to take that next step up, we're in a phase of scale up. We've created an amazing service. We've got really strong foundations with some incredible people behind us. And it's now looking at strategically how we grow and how we really start to be truly national and impact the 103,000 couples a year that go through this. So yeah, great, exciting things for us on the agenda. I can't wait. That event sounds so fantastic. It sounds like a really amazing opportunity to acknowledge the work, but also to celebrate that, that community. And that's part of it. That's part of the stopping and the celebrating. And so we've now, we held a Pink Bubbles last year and it was a little bit smaller because it was our first year and we wanted just to test and see what it was like. Mm. And now we're like, no, this is our annual fundraiser. This is amazing. It's something that women want to be involved in. And it's yeah, incredibly exciting and empowering afternoon. So we can't wait for it. Oh, that's awesome. If people are listening and they think this is me, I need this support, I need these resources, or if they're someone like myself and they uh, are trying to support other people going through uh, miscarriage and early pregnancy loss, what is something that we can do right now, grab our phones, what is a way that we can support you right now? What's a really, um, you know, a, a, a way that we can support you instantly? Amazing. So there's, it's, there's three key things. It's validate, empathize, and connect. And if you can remember those three key things for anyone that you know who's going through a tough time, whether it's pregnancy loss or something else. So with the validate, it's really about acknowledging for, with miscarriage that they've lost a baby. It's mm. not just a miscarriage. It's not just get over it. You'll be fine next week. I'm really sorry you're going through that. That must be absolutely awful. I'm here for you if you need me to be here for you. So that's the validation and the empathy and the understanding. And then the connection is a referral. Always refer a friend who's going through something to an organization such as ours that can offer them that emotional support from a lived experience. So for us, if you know anyone going through pregnancy loss or fertility challenges, then send them over to Pink Elephant Support and we can offer them the support and empathy that they deserve and need. And as I said, any other issue that we might face, because we all go through different challenges in life, just make sure that you're validating that what they're experiencing is real and that it's okay to feel that way. We've got an amazing resource. Um, it's called It's Okay. And that's all around that. They sound like really uh, great key um, things to remember at, at those times when you are trying to support someone and, and, um, and often feel no loss for words or maybe um, inadequate to help that person, especially if you've not experienced what they're experiencing at yeah. that time. You've experienced what they're experiencing. I, and I, I completely get that, that whole, oh, I don't want to say anything, so I'm going to say nothing. Yeah. But it's better to say something and to potentially say the wrong thing than it is to say nothing. And then another thing that you can do is it's not always about saying. If you can go and see that person and give them an actual hug, mm. that means so much more physical presence. It's something that's missed quite a lot within work, the way that we live now. But that shows how much you care and how much you value that friendship and the pain that they're going through and that you're there for them. So, yeah, physical presence is a huge one that's often underestimated as well. Especially when we live in such a world of, you know, 
online and texting and, you know, social media connection in that way. There's a lot to be said, I guess, just even if it's not even a conversation, but just being in someone's space and having a cup of tea and watching some bad trashy reality TV, but just being in their space. Exactly. I had um, two girlfriends that are literally a few days after my second loss, they just turned up at my house. They were like, we're going for lunch. Come on. And they'd taken time out of work, out of their busy days to take me for lunch. Mm. And it wasn't to talk about what had happened. They'd both been through miscarriage, but it was just to take me out of what was happening and just to be with me as friends. And that was, that was powerful. And I'll always remember that. And I'll always be grateful to them for that. Absolutely. Sam, if people want to find out more about the work that you and Gabby are doing, what's the best way for them to find out more information? Literally. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you look up the Pink Elephants Support Network mm-hmm. or at Pink Elephants Support. And then also our website is miscarriagesupport.org.au. So you can head to any of those and you'll find out all about us. And yeah, we're there for you if you need us. And if you've got a friend going through this, we've got amazing resources to help you to support your friend as well. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and for all the work that you are doing in this space. I know um, that your website and the resources are there um, have been amazing for a friend of mine um, and they've been referred on um, to your site to use, but also for us as a friendship circle to help support um, other people in our world that have gone through this um, miscarriage and early pregnancy support. So thank you so much for the work that you, Gabby, your ambassadors and all of your volunteer community are doing. Um, As Sam mentioned, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn, plus the website, which will pop all of that information in the show notes. If there's a lady um, in your world that may benefit from listening to Sam's story and to benefit from finding out a little bit more about the work that Sam is doing, please feel free to share this episode or tag them in um, the our social media post about this episode or on Sam's uh, social media, just to let them know that you're thinking of them and that there are these resources out there for them. So please, you know, we do encourage you to take an action and to share this information around because there may be people in your world that are struggling with this that aren't in a position right now to chat about it or don't actually have the words to chat about it. And sometimes just sharing a post or um, tagging someone in something might just be exactly what they need to say on that day to help them to help them through some of those days. So thank you so much for listening to The Bold Platform. And Sam, thank you so much for spending the afternoon um, with me and and sharing um, about the work that you're doing. Amazing. Thank you for having us and thanks for helping us to reach more couples. Mm -hmm.